Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 12, titled Aletheia. Uh, A phenomenal, phenomenal conclusion to this fantastic two-part arc. Uh, No point in preamble, let's just get right into this. Uh, Now before we get into the A story with Samaritan and all that, uh, I want to briefly touch upon the flashbacks we get. Or, not just the flashbacks. I want to talk about the couple of subplots we have in this episode. Uh, just so we can go through Samaritan uninterrupted. Uh, but we have recent Fusco in jail following their epic bar fight. Bar fight jail. Bar fight jail. Bar fight jail. <laughs> and... There's not a lot plot-wise happening in this. Uh, it's mostly just Reese saying, nothing we do mean- means anything, nothing we do means anything, nothing we do means anything, and Fusco going, no, idiot, it does. Uh, it's mostly just, it- it's mostly a lot of what we saw in the last episode. Reese stewing in his own garbage and Fusco saying, hey, idiot, stop, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, stop this, whatever it is you're going through. And then eventually they're released. Eventually they get out of jail. With Fusco, you know, throwing around his NYPD weight. And as they're leaving, Fusco's like, You know, I haven't heard from Finch since last night. That's not like him. Which means he's in trouble. But I guess that doesn't matter. And so that's where we re- leave Reese and Fusco for the moment. We'll go back to them later. Uh, we also have the flashbacks continuing the storyline we saw from the last episode. Uh, Finch as a younglin, uh, a youngin, uh, dealing with uh, his father having this degenerative uh, brain disease, and. Also having, like, the early basis, the early ideas for the machine. We see him hacking the ARPANET. Which, that was something that before had only been hinted at. That was something that before had only been, like, just, uh, maybe he did this? Like, it was, like, heavily implied, but we never explicitly stated, Finch definitely hacked the ARPANET. Uh, now we know. Finch definitely hacked the ARPANET. Uh, But some great uh, flashbacks to Finch's early years and seeing where his ideas for the machine came from. But of course, the big star of this episode is the Samaritan stuff. The big star of this episode is uh, 
Finch and Shaw and our number, Arthur. I remembered his name now. Uh, <laughs> Arthur. Them dealing with the Samaritan. And this picks up right where the last episode left off. Uh, Control and Hirsch have them all held captive. She's interrogating all of them about Samaritan and the machine. Trying to find at least one of them. And just sort of... Just sort of interrogating them. Just sort of, like, having them threatened at gunpoint. Either give me the backup drives or give me the location of the machine. Eventually, though, they are rescued by Root. Who somehow managed to escape her little jail cell. Apparently, the machine helped her, like, pick uh, the locks and all that. We find out later. Uh, But Root shows up. Uh, takes out everyone, freeze Shaw, freeze Finch, freeze Arthur, uh, and helps them all escape before getting captured herself. But everyone else is in the wind. Uh, and we now go to this bank where a safe deposit box holds the backup drives for Samaritan. Most of the episode will occur with this bank. This is where, like, everything kicks off. Like, we get in there, we get in the vault, we open the safe deposit box, and we see the backup drives, and then Arthur reveals, like, this wasn't unoperational. It worked. It was learning. It was adapting. It was bringing itself online. Uh, If we only had like a little bit of time left, if we only had like a little bit more resources, like it, it was so close. It was like inches away from being operational. And then as we're making this discovery, vigilance comes in. Remember them? And they stage this bank robbery. Bank robbery. What this actually is, is them just raiding the bank because they want the drives for Samaritan. And right behind them, we got Hirsch outside the building, uh, playing hostage negotiator, ready to go in and just take out everyone. So we got this, like, epic three-way standoff uh, with Finch and Arthur having locked themselves in the vault and Shaw just sort of hiding out, Vigilance having occupied the bank, and Hirsch just waiting outside. The tension here is spectacular. The tension here is absolutely magnificent. I especially love the moment uh, where Hirsch calls into the bank and we get this moment between Hirsch and Collier. And Hirsch is like playing hostage negotiator for a little bit. And then Collier is like, okay, look. You're not a hostage negotiator. I'm not a bank robber. We both know it. So let's drop the act. And Hirsch does his little like, uh, leave or I will kill you all or and make you disappear and all that. Collier's like, no, you're not going to let us live. 
Whatever this is, whatever it is you have, I think it's more than just a surveillance system. And I think it's worth dying for. And Collier has a couple of calls into Finch. Uh, where Collier is like, yeah, uh, I'm gonna blow up in the vault. Uh, give me the drives. Give me, uh, this, uh, this stuff. Give me this system. We need to hold, uh, the government accountable. And all of that. And we get, and there's this amazing scene in the vault before everything blows up. Where... Arthur's like, this is my child, this is my child, this is my child, like, this is, like, this is Samaritan, like, I, I gave it life, and Finch is like, hey, look, you need to destroy these, right now, because in a few minutes, either Vigilance, or Hirsch, or both of them, are gonna come through that door, and they're going to abuse the hell out of it, they're going to keep it in captivity. Do you want that? Is that what you want for your child? And he even tells Arthur that... He tells Arthur about his machine. He tells Arthur that, like, I built that system. It is out there. And I partially regret it. Uh, we saved some good people. We lost some others. I feel... Uh, we only just shuffled the deck and all that. And it's this amazing scene where Finch, like, opens up to Arthur and, like, just says, Hey, um, from one creator of a benevolent AI to another, you're gonna want to destroy this. You do not want this getting into the wrong hands. And so he destroys the drives. And then everything quite literally blows up. Uh, vault door blows open. Shaw enacts her plan to uh, blow up a hole into the sewers so they can escape the bank through there and escape both Hirsch and Vigilance. Uh, we get great action sequences where they're going from... Uh, where they're trying to navigate through the Vigilance Hirsch shitstorm that has sprung up in this bank trying to escape... Uh, Reese and Fusco show up and rescue Finch, rescue Shaw, rescue all of them. And it's a great moment. Uh, and they go through the sewers and escape. The entire time we have this amazing subplot with Root. Where she is captured by Control. She's being held by Control. Who is like, hey, so what we just saw confirms that you have uh, administrative access to the machine, so tell me, tell me how you get it. Tell me how you access the machine. Tell me how you use the machine. Uh, and, like, just is constantly torturing her, torturing her uh, to get this information. Amy Acker, my god. Uh, both Amy Acker as Root and Cameron Mannheim, I believe her name is, as Control, they both do spectacular jobs here. Uh, but we do that, like, roller coaster ride of unconscious to conscious, unconscious to conscience, 
uh, to conscious uh, with, like, the shots, with the drugs in there. And eventually, Root's just like, hey, idiot, I don't use the machine. The machine uses me. I am the interface. The machine talks to me. She's my friend. And Control's like, huh, I guess, uh, mm, I, I guess so. And Root's like, hey, I, I can show you how I access the machine if you give me a phone. And Control brings in a phone and it's just like, nope, you can't have it. Just sets it on the table. And it's like, you know, there's like a bone right behind your ear. It's a very small one, but if you remove it, You can't, it's impossible for sound to travel to your brain. Uh, It's behind each ear. And so I'm going to take this from one of your ears without anesthesia. Just view fully awake. And so she does. So she basically makes Roof, Roof, what? She makes Roof deaf in one ear. It's brutal, man. It's really, really brutal. And Root then drops the bomb that, like, hey, uh, so the entire time you've been doing that, the entire time that phone's been sitting there, the machine's been doing Morse code beeps that you can't hear because you're too old. Uh, at, like, at, at a frequency that only, like, younger people can hear. And with my one good ear, I've been hearing these Morse code beeps, and she's been telling me all about you. And about everything. Told me that you're afraid of me. And that you have a knife in your pocket that I have now stolen. And then she just pounces on her, literally turns the tables on her, uh, puts control back in the same chair that she was tortured in, And recontacts the machine and is like, okay, what do you want me to say to this bitch? And so now we see the machine talking through Root. And we get this monologue of Root as the machine. And Root basically tells Control, hey, stop looking for me. Stop hunting my assets. I uh, am protecting you. I'm protecting the only thing you love, which, by the way, is at this address. So stop. Stop looking for me. Just stop it. Go away and stop being a problem. I am paraphrasing this monologue Horribly. But it's amazing. It's a really fantastic moment. And then Root is uh, able to just walk away. So everything's kind of settled on the Arthur front at least. Um, We have Finch putting him in a makeshift hospital bed. To sort of live out his final days. And we have this uh, this great moment where Root calls. 
reveals that the bank manager they talked to was not actually the bank manager. The bank manager was found dead before they got there. Or was rather killed before they got there, just was found. So the bank manager is... Someone else. Maybe shouldn't trust that the Samaritan drives are destroyed. Now give the phone to Arthur. And Arthur is on the phone and it's like, the machine has a gift for you. And the machine just on the television uh, shows footage of all the moments that Arthur has forgotten. And he's seeing all these, like, pictures of his wife. His real wife. Uh, seeing footage of this time they spent together. And it's really, really beautiful. It's a really, really wonderful moment. Uh, Finch tries to celebrate the fact that Reese is back. And Reese is like, no, I came back to save you. That's it. I'm done. I'm leaving again. Goodbye. And so Reese is still in the wind, still doing his little pity tour for Carter. And then we get this ending. This beautiful, beautiful ending. Where it is revealed who our fake bank manager works for. Our fake our fake bank manager works for Decima. Uh, we have this handoff with our fake bank manager and uh, the old man who is the head of Decima, John Nolan. And she's like, yeah, I uh, I switched out the drives when they weren't looking uh, for some fake ones. Uh, multiple interested parties think they're destroyed. We're the only ones who know for sure that we have these and that Samaritan still exists. And the dude's like, okay, we have this. Uh, cool. I'm gonna shoot you now. And shoots her, and then just walks away with Samaritan. Hey, remember what Finch was saying earlier about Samaritan falling into the wrong hands? Yeah, this would be the epitome of the wrong hands. Remember in season two? Remember back a while ago when Decimal literally tried... To take control of the machine when Decima literally tried to get God Mode so the machine would just be totally theirs? Remember that? So, uh, if, if Decima did all of that, trying to get an a- access to a machine, that... That Finch put a bunch of limitations on purposely. What would Decima do with a second machine? A machine backup that doesn't have any of those limitations in place. That doesn't have any of that limitations that Finch put in on the machine. For the exact reason of there are people like this on the planet. 
it's it's not a good outlook. It's not a particularly it's not a particularly uplifting thought experiment to go down uh what decima the people trying to take control of the machine for themselves to accomplish god knows what it doesn't exact it's not exactly comforting to think now they have their hands on Samaritan, a version of the machine that doesn't have these limitations, uh, because Arthur Claypool didn't have the time to put those limitations into place. Now we have this third party who literally has access to a god. So... Yeah. Remember when I said I just... Uh, remember when I said these two episodes basically set up the entire second half of the series? Remember that? You're looking at the second half of the series right here. You're looking at, like, what just happened here? I will not say how, but what just happened here is maybe the most pivotal moment in all of Person of Interest. I will just say that. Anyway, uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push up a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark, pledges a dollar a month. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I will put up there once every month. Or, if that's not work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 13. Talk to you then.